hello and welcome to another episode of the Agency Podcast. Eugene here in Toronto. And Candy here in Chicago. How are you doing, Eugene? I'm well, thanks, Candy. And how are you today? Very good. I've got a nice pot of tea beside me here and I'm ready to go. <laughs> I, I can see you on the video connection that you're drinking tea as well. Actually, I have sparkling water in a tea mug. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. That's refreshing. Yeah. With my new teapot that finally did arrive from the ordering machine, not ordering broken. Machine. So tell me, tell us about your teapot. Well, I think I tried to tell you last week that um, I ordered a teapot and it's one I've been kind of coveting for a long time and I have no business ordering it, but I just couldn't stand having a teapot that didn't pour properly. So oh, yes, I, I hate that. Oh my God. And I all would say there's like probably over 50% of teapots don't pour properly. Correct. Correct. And you know, I have a couple that pour nicely, but they're really small or stainless steel. And I, so I just wanted one, I can make a few cups of tea and just have it there for an hour or two. I think uh, if you as, become a potter, like to get your potter's license, if you needed a potter's certification, which I suspect you don't, right? Uh, but if you needed one, I think the first thing on the test would be to very quickly make a pot that pours. Yes, that would be a great pass fail exercise. <laughs> That would be the end of your uh, <coughs> license. But I mean, you know, commercial pots aren't, you know, you think 3D printers, all that shit, you can make a pot that can pour. Um, you really have to kind of go classical, like a a, a, a Betty teapot, a British teapot. Um, yeah, you got to find something. I think somebody... some people just don't think about it. And so they no, just, you just live just with the dripping spout, teapot. Right? So anyway, oh, I was sent one. Um, I ordered it off the ordering machine and then it was not packed. It came in the box. It was displayed in. They didn't put anything other than a cellophane and an Amazon. Oh, did I say that out loud? Amazon sticker on it. And it didn't and break? It broke. It smashed to pieces. I, as soon as I picked it, it up, I could hear it. <laughs> no, it wasn't packed. It was so just they in the box. So smashed up teapot. That's They great. just sent it in the box. It, it was... You know, so the, I, I I assume that the mandarins of the ordering machine empire um, yes. sent you another one. Yes, after much discussion, after much arguments and discussion, and reminding them this is all we're only having this conversation because you guys didn't pack it properly. I said, do you want me to send you a picture with the Amazon sticker on the cellophane? They're like, no, you don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's arrived, and I'm really enjoying it. It's a murdered out teapot, and it's pretty cool murdered out yeah it's all all charcoal black oh okay mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. i'd never heard that expression before oh yeah murdered out cars you haven't had a murdered out, you haven't seen any murdered out cars no yeah it's when you spray everything even the chrome black oh okay they call yeah. that that's what they call it's that called murdered out yeah yeah i had no so idea my teapot is murdered out it's pretty cool <laughs> and um yeah i've been busy watching things and reading things i've had a very busy week too busy so i had so much stress that i would wake up in the morning and i would be going through the list of all the things i had to do and i i actually made a chart trying to help me organize the upcoming weeks but this oh, i hope you have week, a picture of the chart that you can post in our facebook page you know what i i think i threw out the preliminary um notes but yes i'd be willing to show show share that it was so horrible i think i like, did you ever go to the, like your your local piggly wiggly or wherever you guys shop there <laughs> uh, here it's the no frills yes and and you get a shopping cart and mm -hmm. there in the shopping cart is somebody else's list well guess what steg and i were collecting those for ages were you really? We you were ever want to just them. like go and like buy everything on their list? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to know who they are. I always look at it. Like, what did they get? 
And did they finish shopping? Because they, you know, you assume they did. But we were collecting those for quite a while. We weren't sure. Let's make a little book out of them or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love them. But I think we it's gave a real up treat. on it. Yeah, you it just get like this little insight into somebody's life. That's right. You know, you know why are all... they ordering? Why are they getting two boxes of cereal? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's true. It is very true. And then also the commonality, too, is really fun. Yeah, so I made my little chart of things to do because we had the um, vending, art vending on the weekend. Did very well. Um, I'd made some cigar boxes and they all sold. So I guess I'll make some more. And um, <laughs> and we had a great time visiting agency friends. Agency cigar boxes. There is an agency sticker on the bottom of them, yes. Um, and uh, we just went crazy like all day hanging out with our friends that came by the, the Martin's Corner. And do then I had stickers. Oh, just a second. No, no, they're not. I'm getting stickers for us, but I just made some temporary labels. Oh, I should say yeah, label. because our listeners would love to have stickers. Right. We're gonna I know. Get... I just know that they are waiting for their, their agency stickers. <laughs> well, you know who really wants stickers, don't you? Dag. Yes, because he's been in charge of a lot of the flyering. And how easy would it be if he didn't have to carry tape and 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 and, and Xerox pictures of this thing? And he could just stick something on a wall, you know, and, and on a mailbox or whatever. So um, for the sake of Stag, we are getting stickers. Excellent. And uh, I'll mail Sorry, some to I you. interrupted. No, no, it's okay. Um, as, I, as long as I can remember to go back to what I say. Oh, yeah. So it's just kind of boring. I mean, I also really wanted to get a couple of things watched. I had to catch up on a couple of shows to keep up with you. And because I, I do try to, everything you recommend, I do try to go through it and watch it or read it. And so um, speaking of weird notes and messages, I did. He's a better co-host than me. I don't always <laughs> watch or read everything. <laughs> I try really hard. Um, I also try to watch things that people I know watch because I like to be able to talk to them about it. Um, sure, so, um, but I do try to keep, because I think sometimes, you know, when we have seen the same thing, it's a little bit fun to be able to talk about it. So I crammed like a bad student um, and enjoyed every minute of it. It was very easy to read Indians on Vacation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got that. So that was check, check. I got it. I got it done. It reads really fast, actually. I probably read 100 pages in a couple of hours. Yes, because a lot there's a lot of dialogue. And he has a very um casual style that just walks along in a, at a very pleasant pace absolutely and i would say this this to start out this thing we can talk about what the plot is but the characters let's, involved let's say who, very, who wrote it yeah thomas king wrote it it's called thomas indians king on vacation it. he is a canadian-based writer of many books of many books and non-fiction um, fiction yeah. children's books poetry and even a graphic novel that's he's cool. A, he's been a busy boy. Yes, he has. And um, there's two characters involved. Um, they are partners. Um, they've been they've raised kids together, and they are traveling around Europe. Uh, yeah, they're, they're like two a retired couple hmm. bumming around, traveling around Europe, and they're they're vaguely retracing the steps of a crazy relative who ran off with their band's uh, crow bundle. And took it to Europe somewhere. Okay, yeah, that's right. I had forgotten that it wasn't just his bundle. It was a crow's bundle. And he was with a traveling but it was, entertainment. It was her family's, was her family's family yes. medicine yes. bundle or crow bundle, whatever you call right. it. Right. And he was traveling with a show, like an Old West show. A Wild West show, yeah. Yeah. And so he went all over Europe and he sent postcards. They are going to every postcard he sent. 
So basically they get a postcard and they take a two week trip. They get another postcard, they aim to that place. And so you get a lot of little funny memories. And uh, to say the least, our our hero of the story is a little cantankerous. He is a little cantankerous. <laughs> he, is, he is cranky. He is He's so cranky. cranky. He, has, he has all kinds of like physical ailments. And yeah. as well, he has, he has demons. And he recognizes his demons. In fact, he recognizes them so well, he's named them. Yes. And to yes. my horror, his biggest demon, which is self-loathing, <laughs> he's named Eugene. Isn't that terrible? At first, I didn't. <laughs> it is terrible. That, that had to be hard to read. So he has several of these demons who travel around right. with him. And his partner, Mimi, she's mm -hmm. fully aware of his demons. Yes. And she copes with them. You know, yes, she, she does. just. She copes with them. She puts up with his shit. She looks after him. And they have this really charming relationship. They do. Which is quite wonderful. And also exhausting for her at times. But yes, I'm, in to general. To be sure. Yeah. Because yeah. it gets, you know, sometimes he's just a stick in the mud. He doesn't want to do anything. And he, uh, you can tell when she says to do something, there's a lot of funny dialogue because his comebacks are always like, you know, or his quiet. He keeps it in his head and it's pretty funny. Um, and what is uh, what is one of those bundles? What is the crow medicine bundle? Do you remember? Well, it has um, things that are important to the family. They, uh, they, they gather um, along the way and they put it together. They keep all these artifacts together in this family right. bundle. Right. And when her mother asks her what it is, she has an answer that was very important to me. She okay. says, mnemonic device. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I win. I win. Um, because <laughs> as some of our listeners might know, and Eugene is very familiar with, my, my papers are on mnemonic devices. Because I argue that the movie No Country for Old Men, the novel Blood Meridian, is tied to a tradition that goes back to the Renaissance and then back to carving notches on stones uh, and stupas as mnemonic devices that help us remember location, time, and uh, calendar. Well, and there is a big one in this yes. novel. Yes, there is. And it, it is it is one line that is, and how does he put it? And so we were in Prague. Yes, that's right. Um, which reminded me of uh, So It Goes. Yes, um, of course. Um, it, I think yeah. it was a, a I an think it was definitely reference a reference to, to Slaughterhouse-Five. Yeah. Yeah. And by uh, Kurt Vonnegut Jr. Yeah, um, I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I could see it as a sitcom or a movie. I can't believe. I mean, it's only a new book. I won't be surprised if it's made into a movie. Yes, and almost nothing happens in it. They nothing they're in happens. Prague, but while they're in Prague, doing like not a whole lot. Like they do, like people recommend the tourist traps, and yes. they go in the tourist traps and. Um, and he doesn't have a good time and then yeah. he gets sick and then she gets sick. Right. And, like, cause the two of them are old and sick. Uh -huh. and, uh, yes. Uh, and they put up with each other a lot. Um, yes. Uh, but there's another really key thing that does happen. And that mm -hmm. is they come across in a train station, they come across refugees. Yes. And they want to help, particularly Mimi wants to help. And she's really in a, tither because she knows that there's really nothing that she can do to fix it 
mm-hmm. and she wants to fix it. Mm-hmm. And that theme is repeated with Bird. Um, we learn that he's a writer and a photojournalist, but he stopped working and he stopped working because he stopped believing that his work made any difference. Yeah. And um, we should say that he had childhood trauma associated yes. with residential schools, which I'm going to guess he was writing this book before we found the bodies, but we always knew the residential schools were a problem. We just didn't realize how horribly that we would find the bodies. Yes. So he, there is reference to his experience with those schools. Oh, yes. And we should say that that both Mimi and Bird are... Mm-hmm. Um, First Nations. Indigenous First Nations mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and and they they have this sort of, it's almost like a running joke. Whenever they meet someone who asks them where they're from, he as he starts to say Canada, she says Blackfoot. Yes. <laughs> I'm Blackfoot, he's Cherokee. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I love that. I marked a few pages in the book, but I also wanted to say something funny about the coffee shops because they did list off these coffee shops. And one thing that kind of freaked me out was at the end, um, they said they listed a, a bunch of world-class coffee shops. Have you ever been to Capital Espresso in Toronto? No. No, I, I've not heard of it. I meant to Google it to see beforehand. But I have been, I think I've been to Spella Cafe in Portland, and I've definitely been to Cafe Reggio in Manhattan. I've got photos I'll share on our Facebook. Right. So I thought it was kind of funny. But when they go to Venice, we find out that they never go in to the coffee shop because it's very busy. And Mimi says everyone looks like us. So there's no point in going in or something. You know, it's just too busy and it's too touristy. I thought that was kind of cool because there's a lot of commentary about being tourists. Well, yes. And even though they're very conscious of being tourists and the goofy things that tourists do well they do all of them they do all of those things anyway and he complains about it but um but he keeps doing it Um, i wonder if you know the author he's in his late 70s now he said this may be his last book oh and maybe he too is feeling tired and feeling that his books um haven't been able to change the world in the way that he would like them to. Right, right. I, I wonder, because he brings that up with both with both yes. characters. Yes, I, I think there is something that, because she's an artist and she wants to do something that's meaningful as well. Um, he and, and about that fatigue, he wants to move to the West Coast and she won't have it. Um, yes. She wants sunshine. And, it, I, and coincidentally, he wants to move to one of my where I would call one of my psychic spaces, where I feel the best I always feel is in Tofino. And he describes that I appreciate- I understand they have nice coffee shops there now. They do. They have a lot of tours too. I appreciate that Mimi tries to come up with a compromise, but visiting the coast isn't the same as living there. Sure, it can be cool and damp and gray. And yes, some people might find it depressing, but there is also a cumulative effect that comes about over time, a calming, a slowing, a feeling of being in a soft bed with a warm lover of being hidden away, safe from the glare and the clank of modern life. And that's my feeling of uh, the West Coast for sure. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> and I like rain. I don't care. I think in a way, the uh, the story is, it's a healing story for, for Bird very much because he starts to come to the conclusion that maybe you can't save the world and you can't fix anything by writing 
but you can begin to fix yourself yes. and maybe that's a start. Right. So he's yes. why he's beginning to see seeds of hope again throughout the story. And there's just, there's just enough hints that you see that he has some hope again. And I agree. And she is sort of encouraging him. Yeah. Like you're a great writer, go write something. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm glad you're mentioning this because I also thought there was a little bit of criticism and sarcasm about content having to be meaningful in a particular way. At one point, Mimi said, I guess they're worried about, are they going to work? Are they going to make some money? Um, do we, we need an excuse to travel? Um, <clears throat> she says, maybe when we get home, we should try starting over. Mimi has put on her green silk dress with the red flowers. This is the dress she brings for special occasions. She says, I could work some social relevance into my paintings. And I couldn't help but think that was kind of a <laughs> sarcastic or a dig, right? Um, because she wants social relevance, but in, in actual work, not in the artwork per se. She wants to do something that helps yes. people. Yes. Yeah. Well, and he was doing the, the journalist work which had the social relevance, but that I think really fed his depression. Yeah. Because, he, and they give specific examples where there's really nothing that he, he felt there was nothing that he could do. Like he was, mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't helping and um, maybe he shouldn't be writing. Maybe he right. just right. need to write, but, but you could see he's starting to rethink that position. Exactly. Um, I would highly recommend this book. I think I think it was fantastic. I would totally recommend oh, it's it. It's high, highly readable. Yeah. It's charming as all get out. It is super uh, charming. Um, and the dialogue is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and the, the way this couple functions as a couple is really quite beautiful. It is quite I beautiful and, and quite realistic in a lot of ways. Yes. I think there's a yes, lot absolutely. of people that you have that opposite energy, you know, yes. different energy. And there's also a really lovely passage in there where bird gets knocked over by somebody coming out of a, re a Chinese restaurant yes and he gets introduced to this woman and her fiance yes and he tells Mimi about this encounter and Mimi wants to see them uh -huh. and she wants to see them because she wants to tell this woman to get away from this guy right that's and not what I expected actually and they, I wasn't sure what to expect, but um, she spells it out and she says, maybe I couldn't do anything about the refugees, mm -hmm. but this is something in my life I could do something about. Yes. I could go talk to this woman. And tell her to break this, up with this guy. Yes, because this guy is really, he's abusive. Yes. Yes. So that was pretty cool. And I, I think we even imagine that they do break up. So that is kind of yeah. cool because they're all eating at the same restaurant. I also love the fact that they're in Prague, but yes. aside from rhyming off the names of all the tourist attractions, it could have been anywhere. Right. It really didn't matter that it was Prague specifically. It yeah. mattered that they were traveling and that every place is kind of the same <laughs> in a way. <laughs> yeah. It's just populated by people, right? And yes. people are the same. Yes. Also in Prague, there's that big clock that doesn't work. Yes, of course. Yeah, and that's pretty funny work. too, because it goes back to the mnemonic device that they can't ever find. So I thought that was kind of interesting that we've got to recreate these, we've got to recreate the art that is 
meaningful to us than the, either the medicine bundle or the astro. And everybody would stand yes. and hope it would work and it didn't work. But I, I highly recommend it and I loved it. Yes. And it's, you know, I, I, I appreciate the I, I, tone isn't the word I'm, I'm after. I think pace. Well, the pace, I think it's the gentleness of the book. Uh, yeah, it's, it it's a book that it's, it's reflections really on who we are and how we live. Mm -hmm. And he has some very strong ideas, I think, about how we ought to live and how we ought to be. But mm -hmm. he's, he's not hard pedaling anything. He, mm -hmm. he soft pedals. He, he's very, um, it's a very gentle book in a way and, yeah. and quite beautiful and eye-opening. I love this book. Yeah, I, really I loved did. it too. Really fun. And I do hope someone makes a little movie out of it. You know, um, speaking of different stories and different ways of looking at the world, I'm going to tell you one hell of an interesting uh, series. I would define it as Game of Thrones meets Seinfeld. Succession. Oh, indeed. Well, yeah. I think everybody, you know, co coming off of um, the Squid Game, everybody just moved over to Succession. It seems like tons of people were watching it. Tons. The you know? season finale. Oh, Man, I, I love the fact that all those brats, uh, none of them got anything. I love that. But of course, yeah. it's not over yet. I mean, there's going to be another season. Is there? I, I'm sure there's another season. Oh, I thought that was the finale. I think that's the season finale. Oh. I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that there will be another season of this. Oh, I don't think it's necessary. I think it ended perfectly. It. I, I, I would be perfectly happy with it ending like this as well. But we've had this discussion before. I know. There is money to be made out there and they are not going to stop until they extract every greasy buck. Yeah, I, I guess so. I just, um, but uh, you know what? They definitely ended it in a way that it could end now. It definitely could end. And we called it. We knew Tom was going to be part of this. Um, I don't feel this. I want to be pretty careful about insulting those kids because I don't see them as kids. I see them as um, personas of our culture. Um, I see the entire family as representing us within the system and the belief that somehow we think we can be um, the receivers of this powerhouse. He is the powerhouse, the father of this family, right? You've got a father oh, yeah. and four kids. And each one of those kids is almost like an archetype of a kind of a person that moves through the world. Uh, they, they each have In their way, own. Yeah, yeah, each have their own yeah, they each have yeah. their own morality. I mean, I, I might be wrong. I'm also watching this. I had watched this while reading Macbeth. So it definitely was influencing me. Well, sure. And there is kind of a Shakespearean feel about this series as well. Uh, well, there's a reason their last name is Roy. It's that's that means king. Mm -hmm. So there is that in succession we do think of as you succeed the throne, right? Um, is one of the ways. And so you've got this um, father who's the head of a family, but he, to me, is the symbol of capitalism and that controlling system. And you've got these kids who and think the master they can, and the master of it, and, and the kids who also believe that he is not the master of it, it's their turn to take over. And each one of them believes they could run the family business or the capitalist system yes, much better. But, but we learned that none of them have the chops to be the monster animal their father is. Right. And right. I think he's, that's he's probably the monster a bear and 
and they can't even come cl- they think they think in the season finale that they have the better of, of him but he is just right to the end he's one step ahead well, of yeah him. and stupid siobhan uh, the whole time it, how come she never noticed every time they made a plan he knew about it beforehand i wonder would it be your stupid boyfriend you know what i mean like how come you didn't notice you told your boyfriend and then your father knew Every time, like immediately in the show, you could see that he was in cahoots with the father. Um, was he going to be the one who inherits everything? Maybe. And at the very last episode, he again, he always asks his fiance or his wife, what do I get out of it by you going against your father? And she goes, oh, you're going to have a big position. He knows I get a bigger position if I go right to the father. In fact, we don't even know it's totally possible that the father told him, date my daughter. I mean, it's that fucked up. He's going to win no matter what. And he says so. Um, but each kid. And that's, and that's really all he cares about. There's, there's, yes. a, there's a point in the season finale where. Who's the discussion with? Is it Kendall who says, you know, you're going to make this other $50 billion. What are you going to do with it? Put it in a pile with your other billions? Yeah. And he it, says, I don't yeah, know that's probably yeah. what I'll do. Yeah. Because that, yeah. that isn't what even matters to them. It's, right. it's the power. It's being the king. It's winning. Exactly. He's he and and he he gets off on it when he went into the meeting with uh, the haughty guy in um, Skarsgård. He um, right away was like, um, "Oh no, this is my. I'm completely a nervous wreck, but this is my favorite feeling. This is all I have in life." I mean, he doesn't seem to enjoy food. I mean, at least his kids get to enjoy food in their lives. You know, the other weird thing is that Connor is the one who's tried to kind of have a life, the oldest brother. And he lives in New Mexico. He's got that beautiful house. And- um, Oh, and that really strange relationship that they imply throughout the series that his fiance um, was um, a sex worker. Well, you bring me to a good part of topic that I want to compare to um, Macbeth. Because um, I'm just getting, making sure I have a quote here that I've sort of talked about, but never read the whole thing. And um, so with Macbeth, you've got, you've got these holy women and, and in the, the characters call them witches or hags or something, but they're holy women. They're in a, in a, a beautiful religious cult or spiritual cult. And you've got Lady Macbeth and Lady Macbeth is like Siobhan because Siobhan buys into the belief system that this patriarchy and this capitalism is what she wants. The only two people in the whole series that are free are the two sex workers. Um, whether they're implied or not, we, we believe they are sex workers. They're also creatives. Both of them are very creative women. And Siobhan never aligns herself with them. She, her life would be better if she was friends with those two women. And in fact, finally, by the end, Connor just says the, his fiance who's an artist and a writer and, and, and probably former sex worker just says, Oh, fuck it. Let's just go have our life. And they have made the right decision to not care about the money. They've got enough money. They've certainly got enough money. Um, The problem is Siobhan, Kendall and. um, Oh, and her line is like, Oh, fuck it. Which, which translates to, yeah, let's get married. Um, Right after that, she says, how bad can it be? Yeah. Well, and we know that. We know it could be bad. It's going to be bad if she becomes ambitious, but her ambitions are in creativity. And so Lady Lady Macbeth, she has given into patriarchy. She decides the only kind of power she's going to have because she believes in that 
um, society and that control system is to get her husband to be king. That way she can be a queen and have a have freedom. But the freedom in, in Macbeth is to be a, is to be one of the women. They have friendship. The witches have friendship, creative arts. They're, they, they've got um, all kinds of wonderful hobbies that they do. And they have a relationship and they live outside the patriarchy of, of um, Macbeth's world. And to do that, um, you know, I was glad that Succession had those two women um, because what's his name's girlfriend, former girlfriend, um, McCulkin, no, no, um, Kieran Culkin, who is pretty amazing. He really is amazing in the series because he plays just such an annoying character. And um, he's like the youngest brother. And he had a sex worker girlfriend too, but, you know, she had to have her freedom. I don't think they stayed together, you know? Uh, I don't think they were going to stay together. So it's interesting that Connor... Right. I wonder if there's that. a third sex worker. I wonder if you could look at the uh, the the assistant of Logan's. They keep saying, oh, they're fucking, they're fucking. I, I know, and, I wonder too. And I wonder if it's like, oh, is that part of the job? It seems to be. <laughs> could be. And also... In but that, that they all assume that, right? Whether yes. or not it's true. Right. All the, the, the siblings right. assume that she's a de facto sex Definitely. Worker. And right when they have the, um, so I think the kids are um, a metaphor for us in a capitalist system. And the, the problem is like Audre Lorde's quote about feminists is that you cannot take apart the master's house with the master's tools. And at the end of the series, what I believe is that they, the kids finally saw the matrix whether or not they'll accept it. She seems to have realized that her, her husband is a betrayer and has gone behind her back. I mean, she so? looks pretty, well, the way she looks on that camera, I thought she did. I didn't think that's why she looked no? that way. Oh, you just because she lost the money? Yes. Well, now they have freedom. They have the potential to have freedom if they accept that they aren't going to run this country, a company. It's just so, if they could live a different way, then they're- Oh, and just have their own life. They could just have their own life. Yeah, I don't think they're capable. That's all, all they were trained to their whole life is just being well, that's um, like all of us. part of the company. All of us have been trained yeah. to be part yeah, of this. Of so is there a way to live outside of it? And what is that way to live outside of it? I love what he says to me. Go, go on, fuck off, you nosy fucking pedestrians. Pedestrians. Yeah. They're wow. Nosy. They're nosy pedestrians. They're nosy. All they did was get up into stuff. And you know what's really hard is that, well, Kendall's the wounded mystic. He's the uh, addictive personality. And um, yet he really has the brains and the know-how and the education. And yeah. he even has some noble um, ethical things. And you need to learn that doesn't fight the control system. You have to do it outside. The, you can't well, do I it think he, the he learns system. that. He learns that. He's I think failed. he does. Um, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think that that's, the treatment of his character is probably the weakest part of the series. Mm. I found it difficult to suspend my disbelief, yes. especially from the birthday party on. I the change in his character. I it was very, agree. very difficult for me to, yeah. to, to believe him. I, I totally agree. I thought it was, I thought it was maybe too much. <laughs> I thought he was fantastic at it, but I don't want to see it. I don't think he either would have gone off and just, been on the street or he would have quit i just don't think he would have lived quite like that um i Some like the to... lines i love roman's line about his mother my mother's about to marry a bowl of porridge yes that was i funny. have to go attend to it <laughs> yes that was really funny <laughs> very funny 
he yeah. got some of the best lines um but you learn along the way you you learn different reasons to dislike i think the the different siblings yeah. and along the way when uh when roman allies himself with the candidate the presidential candidate who's very much fascist mm -hmm. um i i assume that they were referencing trump mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but you really see a kind of ugliness about his character and you realize he has no feeling for any humans no he has no, no ability to feel anything no well, well that's why he can't have sex you know yes and, fear, and he of, even, fear of he the woman specifically too says at one point oh yeah leave me here with all these feelings with all the feelings <laughs> no like he just right. want to be around the feelings that's right he can't handle it yeah yeah right and then there's that 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 scene with um shiv and tom talking about whether or not she loves him mm -hmm. and is it sex play or is it mm -hmm. truth play mm -hmm. uh and um you realize that she has no capacity to love anyone aside from herself right well how could they how could they? You you can't be free in that structure. Yeah, you can't. You yeah, can't and, and you can't have Kendall, your own in, identity. In a, way, in a way, they're all they all have the same problem. Yeah, and the problem with Connor is, I mean, I I guess in some weird way, Connor is such a milk toast, and you just feel as if he's um, I guess he's just going to have the hedonistic. He's going to enjoy his money. Maybe in that situation, I mean, I guess I see them like the people who do their day job and and they've got a house in the suburbs and they go about their life and they don't ever. He thinks he cares about certain things, but he really cares about just maintaining that life and nothing wrong with that. I don't I don't yeah, want to say a, a lifestyle, but right. he feels within the family that he's ignored and certainly Shiv treats him almost like he isn't there. Well, he is ignored and he thinks, I don't know why that bothers him because he should just accept that. Oh, but I mean, it totally does. I mean, he does. has this whole meltdown about it, right? Yeah. There will, there has to be an accounting. I will not be ignored. I know. Right? I'm like, you're crazy. lucky they ignore you. And you're lucky you have that house in New Mexico. Just go and enjoy it. <laughs> oh, and there was also um, a thing with, with Connor where there was going to be press. And mm -hmm. suddenly they're they're worried about the press. And I thought that that what they were worried about would be that the press would find out that his fiance had been a sex worker. Right, right. I, you know, I guess they just don't care, you know, um, and nor should they. But, you know, it's funny because um, any one of them could have branched off and started their own business. And I mean, he, even their father says, go make your own pile. Right. Yes. Go make your own pile. And that's what Warren Buffett said to his family. He said, yeah, I'll pay for your university, but I'm not giving you any more money. You have to go make your own life. And I apparently George Lucas did the same thing. He said, oh, this money, that, that's my money. You need to develop the skills to go and make a living on your own. It's not that they don't want to give them money. They want them to to function in the world. But and there's probably that, a balance in there. I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to put myself in, into that, that situation. I might feel the same way. I want them to um i want them to make it on their own but i might throw them a house or something right 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 and I'm you know you might set them I, up with some with a little something or when they finish figuring out what they want to do let's say they wanted to invest in something or they wanted to um uh you know yes do something but also you know, yeah what, invest in a business what or, kind of philanthropy like they don't do anything for anybody else this family 
Um, and, you know, uh, it's kind of weird. Like you'd think they'd even have a little bit of that sense. But no, they had... their whole life, they're like a royal family. Yeah. Their whole life is just about being them. Yeah. yeah. Right. And you could say the same thing, I would say, with all the um, the uber celebrities. Yeah. You know, the people who's what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a celebrity. Right. Mm-hmm. The Kardashians mm-hmm. and the, the, mm-hmm. Hilton, the Paris Hilton. Right. That's right. what you do. You are a right. celebrity. That's your function. Right. As well as your being, it's everything. Well, I would like to believe that at the end scene, the kids saw a new level of Plato's cave. I mean, that's how I would like to see it. They saw the matrix. They're going to realize finally at last, they cannot change within that structure. I mean, if he sold the company, how is there another season? You know what I mean? I don't see another season, but you're right. It's so going to be another season. I know that's so this, funny. Right, selling the company isn't going to be that easy. There's going to be some kind of crisis, and so the whole funny. thing falls into who knows what's going to happen. And there's a scandal, and somebody goes to jail. Right, and Tom and Greg is going to end up as a CEO. Right, I'm still waiting for. I'm holding out for Greg. He's already. He's already now dating the most attractive women around them. Right, right? and yeah. like oh, two at once. Um, but he's kind of like Connor in a weird way. I can't, I can't, you can't really put your hand on him. You know, you can't hold it. It's not just because he's young. He's, he's almost like the Teflon King, you know, things oh, he doesn't actually do anything. He, He'll he do anything. No, no function. He'll score he, just, he has a position. Right. He'll and, party. Yeah. Yeah. He parties. He has a good time. Yeah. He's good with the ladies. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very weird. And, and, he, and, and, he, and he has a, like, and he's really happy that one of his girlfriends, he's going to give money to an environmental cause. And he has to go. ask, is it Greenpeace? Because, right. you know, I've got a beef with Greenpeace, right? right? Because I think his granddad was going to give his entire fortune to Greenpeace. And <laughs> wasn't Greg going to sue them? Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> so he's a twit. He's an asshole too, really, even though he doesn't kind of move in an obvious way of being an asshole. Well, it's like he's someone who's a complete outsider who is just thrown into this environment yeah. and he becomes like them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's contagious. Yeah, it's contagious. Um, you know, I'm after we talk today, I'm going to go online and get tickets on December 24th at 1230 to go see the Matrix. I thought it was opening on the 25th and Stag has to work on the 25th. I went and looked around and found out. Nope. They, he has to work on the 25th. He does. He does. All hands on deck. Yeah. Who opens on the on, on Christmas Day? I guess for to serve the people that are traveling and downtown hanging out in Chicago. A lot of people are, a oh. lot of people who live in Chicago have been going to Hard Rock and hanging out downtown because they're not traveling to Europe. They're not traveling around the country very much. So they're either coming down and seeing their own, like a staycation. Um, he's got, uh, you know, so they're open. I assume they're going to have Turkey and different things for tourists to come in and travelers. So he's off on the 24th. And so we're going to go see the matrix there. We've watched the first two. We still have the third one to watch before the new movie comes out. And I'm telling you, boy, does the matrix ever hold up? I can't believe I haven't watched it for a few years. And um, I tried to watch it with super critical eyes today mm-hmm. and I couldn't because I was like, damn, this is a perfect movie. I knew it was a perfect movie, but to also be a perfect movie 20 years later, that's not easy to do, especially mm-hmm. sci-fi with fashion. Um, even the fashion still holds up because they picked kind of classical goth industrial des- clothing that didn't really um, time out. So it's pretty cool. And they managed um, to do the, the high tech stuff without being 
excessively annoying about it. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's part of the story. So what's good about it is all that um, CGI and everything is really supports the story in a really amazing way. And visually, it's still gorgeous. Um, it's still really, really beautiful visually. And I mean, the actors are gorgeous. And um, it's got the great part of it even knows it's a movie. Because at one point, and this makes me think of these guys on Succession, is that um, one of the bad guys says something like, um, he wants to go back you know you take the red pill and you wake up to reality you come out of plato's cave and you see what's really happening he wants to take the blue pill and go back he wants to go back and be a, a, bull, a battery again and not really be in the real world but have his dream world because it's much more enjoyable uh-huh. so at, he goes so you know i don't care just just um uh give my me my problem uh, you know is, is i always get mixed up which pill is which that's the story of my life. Right. Yeah, it's the red <laughs> pill. It's the red pill. I always get mixed up which pill to take, damn it. Well, there's some there's some problems with seeing the uh the future, you know? There's some problems with seeing the nature of reality. It can be very painful uh to find out that uh, you know, maybe it's not what you thought you were. Um two of the uh, I, I wanted to say, oh yeah, he goes, "Let me forget everything. I don't want to re- realize. Let me be rich. Oh yeah, and make me someone important, an actor." <laughs> so they they know they're making a movie they know it's very um you know where it's a very funny line it's a very funny make me someone important like an actor <clears throat> and there's another funny line um there's so much philosophy if you read a little bit of philosophy you have a lot more fun with the matrix because at one point um one of the sentient beings he's a robot he's ai and neo keanu reeves character are in a head-to-head combat and they're trapped with each other, holding a gun at each other, other's head. And the uh, the AI says to Keanu, you're empty. And Keanu says back, you are too. And that's a really funny part of like, joking about Keanu Reeves has been judged as being an empty, vacuous actor. One, emptiness is a huge concept in um, Buddhism um, as a state to be in that, um, empty, and that also this is all an illusion and emptiness. And um, I thought that was super funny. And then the gun being empty, of course, right? Um, yeah, it totally holds up. Ten out of ten for the Matrix. I you heard it here first. <laughs> okay, you heard it here right before the new Matrix. All right. Yeah. <sighs> I know there's something else. I, oh my God! Well, we- I watched the real Charlie Chaplin. It's a documentary on Showtime, and it's about an hour and a bit long, and it is fascinating. Um, only because, oh, not only because, first of all, it starts out like an experimental film. And, you know, I kind of love Charlie Chaplin. My favorite silent um, stars were Buster Keaton and Louise Brooks. But, I mean, I love Charlie Chaplin, too. And um, he's the first memoir. Remember, I've mentioned before, it was the first memoir I ever read was about, uh, or memoir or autobiography was about Charlie Chaplin. And it was kind of depressing because, you know, he's not perfect. Uh, so what he was perfect though, was as a filmmaker. Um, so it starts out with all these clips of a voiceover. Uh, she's a beautiful voice pro Mackey, I think, um, does the voiceover of this, um, documentary and she goes, who is he? And she's very haunting, like an experimental film and you get all these, um, clips and then they get into the history of a story coming from how did the tramp uniform get, how did that costume come together? was pretty interesting because there is a tradition in vaudeville of tramps and the film archives are gorgeous i don't know if they're reconstituted or what they must be but they had access to all of um 
Charlie Chaplin's estate. The estate took a year to get into negotiations to allow them to use some interviews and footage. Um, and the other part is that's really crazy is that every time they showed a clip of the original movies, I would be laughing my head off. <laughs> I was like a little kid all over again. But he fell down the stairs so funny i was just i was going here and i'm completely it's not like stag was here laughing with me i was like wow this humor really works on me <laughs> you know there's bonks on the head with frying pans on a cop a lot of <laughs> i was dying because a cop gets a frying pan under it and so there was a lot of disregard for um, law enforcement in charlie chaplin <laughs> <laughs> i really really recommend it it's so interesting and they were making it, they made it, I guess they started to get into the contract and negotiations in 2017 and 2018. So they were making this in the height of the Me Too movement. And there's a lot of relationship to Charlie Chaplin. I guess he's total dick in his relationships. Um, maybe not total dick. I mean, he led up marrying women, but he definitely had predatory uh, behavior, um, despicable and very hard to put together with the artwork. You know, it's our ongoing theme. How do we still like somebody and their work when you find out that they're a dick? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they have great interviews on Merv Griffin, of all things, our very young Merv Griffin in 1965 with his second wife. And she's promoting the book she wrote about the terrible marriage. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and no one believed her, of course. Yeah, they smushed her. Yeah, well, that happens. It does. Yeah. Well, we've been uh, we've been continuing to watch Vigil. Oh yeah. Um, I I can't wait until it it uh, America gets it too. I don't know why you guys can't get it on Prime. December twenty third. It's That's not so on Prime weird. yet. So weird. It's on yeah. Stars, which is we got on Prime. Right. Well, that's because we don't. I don't. I guess I have Stars here. I should be able to get it, but it says it's not coming till the twenty third. Hmm. And I think it won't come on Prime. It's gonna for us. It'll come on Stars. I think we have a subscription. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't wait until you get to watch it because it is really a fantastic show. It's pretty and amazing. It's still holding up too. Oh, You're well, still it loving is. it. And the tension is greater because, you know, they've put this, this police detective um, on, um, on this submarine yeah. and you find out that she has a psychological trauma because she lost her boyfriend in an accident when the car goes into water mm -hmm. and she could only rescue either his kid or him and so she lets her boyfriend die Jeez. so she goes into the submarine and now she's having this trauma because she can't handle the confined space underwater and um she finds out she's going to have to be down there more than like for a couple of weeks instead of for a couple of days. And uh, she uh, doesn't have enough medication and they don't have her particular um, antipsychotics or whatever it is uh -oh, she's taking that's on, not good. on board. So not yeah, good. so she's having, she's having problems on board. And meanwhile, the, the, like the, the CIA is involved. The the MI five, I should say, is involved. Right. Um, there's, um, they. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, right. Don't spoil it. What kind of? I don't want to spoil it. It's a military submarine. Is that correct? Yes, it's a Scottish military submarine. Okay. Whose job is part of a fleet of submarines that are are like NATO deterrents. Right. You know, you can. It's the only part of the military that you can only 
participate in by volunteering. At submarine? Yep. Because you've got to be ready for that psychological. So you have to volunteer for it. Whereas they can send you to be a grunt or make you a captain, make you a sergeant. That one, you have to, you volunteer for it. It's crazy. So it's continuing to be excellent. I would just binge it all, but I can only get it. uh, They only release one every week. Oh, I wonder if it'll all be released here. I guess I'll find out. In that case, I'll be way behind you. (laughs) Yes, but if they may just... um, they, they may open it all up at, at once when they when they drop it in the U.S. So That's you can a watch good point. That's a good point. You know what else is a submarine movie? The Matrix. <laughs> well, sure it is. Yeah, it is. that confined space and, and extra tensions. Yeah, I can't wait to watch Vigil. So, I, yeah, I've had a great week. I also of, um, finished the season of, uh, of BMF. Oh, oh man, is that yeah. ever good? BMF oh, good. is just, it is so good. It's so <laughs> tough. Um, Stag's got to watch this. Yeah, we will. So so now we have to be in the same room at the same time, and uh, that's how we'll do it. And uh, it's so gritty. It's it's kind of like The Wire in a way, um, Mm. but it's grittier. It's grittier and nastier in a way. Um, But in a way, it's also a family drama Mm. uh, in a dysfunctional kind of way, Um, and it's a spy film in, in a way too because <laughs> really yes because within within the gang there's a spy mm. who's really working for another gang okay cool yeah so cool. it makes sense that's a good idea and since it's uh, it's based on the true story it's like just adds an extra level of fascination it's like mm. oh my god this is lawless in this city man <laughs> lawless what city was it in detroit oh yeah detroit good old detroit yeah yeah, did you ever see that movie by Catherine Bigelow? Detroit? No, no yeah, it's either. really good. I really loved it. Yeah, we Stag and I saw that in the theater. We loved it. It didn't do very well, but I thought it was fantastic. Okay, so they're in Detroit in what year? Well, I guess it would have been... I think it would be like 1990, something like okay. that. Okay. I guess that uh, makes I should sense. Probably, I should probably look that up. Um, <laughs> okay to see just what year it is Uh, but i I was assuming it was like late 80s or 90 right right bmf what years i'm looking it up now um yeah they founded the name in 1989 oh the name given around the year 2000 they started the bmf was founded in 1989 Mm. so it's so through the 90s in Mm -hmm. detroit Mm -hmm. Um, fantastic oh. show. Uh, I'm looking forward to the second season of that. Uh, see uh, what else could possibly happen in their crazy young lives. Yes. Scary. Um, and the other thing I've been doing here is I have been making up a whack of collages. I saw that on Instagram all over the yes, place. I've been posting them on Instagram, but all of them are on my blog, which uh, listeners can visit at 27thstreet.me, 27thstreet.me. And uh, uh, you can see I'm up to 30 of them now. Uh, I get very, very few comments on these. I think they're really, they're ugly and funny. So I think that's, people don't like them, I think, uh, Mm -hmm. because nobody comments. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just stay like right away from them. And some of them are really. I don't uh, know. What are they going to say? Hey, I like it. 
Oh, I don't but know. They are tapping the heart on your thing. They're they're giving you a nod on Instagram. I saw a lot of likes on there. I, I get a few likes on Instagram, but yeah. very very few on the on the blogger on on the Facebook. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, a few on the on the uh, the the Instagram. Um, but you know, I don't know what I'm doing with these things. I'm making them and they take me into this other world and I go and I visit mm. this other world and I play for a while mm-hmm. and uh, then I come back out and leave it till the next day. <laughs> um, but when I'm working, I'm working really, really fast. And sometimes I'll do four or five of them in a row. Wow. And I'm doing them all in a book in an old yeah, book. They're adorable. I love them. They're beautiful. So I'm having a lot of fun with them. I, I look at them and I think, what the hell's this? <laughs> Did you notice? What did I, I just you, do? Did I what send, did I do? I was trying to see if I saw any of the magazine clips I sent you. Did you notice I sent you magazine clips in that um, parcel? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, I've used some <laughs> like of them already. Contributing to your uh, collage habit. Yes, there's also bits of maps I've used too. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. And I think I have um, um, part of something that Stag wrote with a, a drawing on it that oh. you, can, you can see just part of his hand. Oh, yeah. No, I've done some collage with his drawings before. It's really fun. That's awesome. I know. Poor Stag, you rip apart his drawings and no, I, I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that they get a, um, a you know, a new life in there. You know, one of the things that that I've I've been having fun with when I'm doing the collages is I'll layer up some images, hmm. and then I've got this great big thick black marker, like like graffiti guys would use. Yeah. Yeah. And then I draw on my collages with my black marker. Mm. And then I can rip back some layers of my collage. And you get a piece that contains several parts of the story. And I oh, can wow. turn it upside down and re-glue it or turn <laughs> it in a different direction and re-glue it. So I'm sort of constructing and deconstructing these things together. Like I mm. add and I subtract. And mm. then I use the part I subtract back into the the piece i'm very having cool. so much fun very cool very cool can you put a profile or outside of the book on your instagram page for us um i believe i already have oh you did i must have yes. missed it i thought i was following pretty closely i'll take a look <laughs> um, i could do it again but i believe that i have i'll go look okay i'll put it on our podcast instagram page <sighs> so excellent so please please do go check those out if you yeah. enjoy that sort of uh that sort of artwork um mm-hmm. i'd appreciate uh, hearing what you think right good idea just make a comment for god's sakes <laughs> yeah damn it <laughs> so um and also if you want to email us you can email us at the agency.podcast at gmail.com and um, we have a little treat for you today we've got an interview with an old friend of stags and mine uh who used to work at columbia college she's an artist uh, Susan Frame. She's been in town from Haiti and she's going to tell us a little bit about a, a school that she's created in Haiti. So that's going to be coming up at the um, when we say right goodbye. now. Yeah. So and enjoy the um, and enjoy the interview and we'll be back with you right after that. Hi, this is Candy in Chicago. And Eugene in Toronto. Hi, Eugene. Um, I, we got a couple of extra guests here, really special episode. I don't think we've had four people on the, oh, maybe it was Steve Rosen, but here we are many years later, we've got four people here. Um, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine I've known for about 12 years. Her name is Susan Frame, and she's a Haiti-based artist and educator who's going to tell us about her role at Jacmel Especion, 
supporting resources for students, and she is the director founder of Continuing Educations at that project. We also have Michelle Nordmeyer, Chicago-based artist and educator, who's going to help us ask questions and learn about this. And you know Michelle from the podcast, and you've met her in person. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Susan, you're you. I met you in Chicago, but you live in Haiti now for the last five years. Five years, yeah. Yep. And um, you are working on an incredible school project. It's laying the foundation right now of a new building. And um, tell us in how you tell us about it. Okay. So I think one of the one of the fun things to know is that my first time going down to Haiti was in May 2007 mm -hmm. for an international um, music festival with the Marley Brothers. Yeah. And so that was my experience in entering entering Jacmel was just helping out, meeting a whole bunch of artists, being a part of the culture, like, you know. So then I became friends with people and we started collaborating on artwork, especially with a couple of filmmakers. Mm -hmm. And and so just got into that into that community. And then there was the, the 2010 earthquake, which unfortunately my best friend died in. Yeah. And he was a Flo Miguel, who was a queer transgendered artist and ran, was the director of an art center. And three days after he died in the earthquake, they kicked out all the queer people, all the handicapped people, um, the women didn't feel safe there. So, you know, we, we, a lot of us came together and decided, you know, we needed to make a space of non-discrimination first and foremost, and it could be anything on top of that. Mm -hmm. But we were all artists, so we decided a community art center. We have a lot of uh, skill shares. Mm -hmm. Maybe you know drumming, I know dancing, I give a, a course, you give a course, and, and we learn from each other. And so that's kind of where we, we, we started. And in 2017, when I moved, right after I moved down there, we started looking at like, okay, what is, we are the expression of Jacmel. What does Jacmel need, mm -hmm. right? We've got the culture, we've got the arts, which Jacmel is known for in Haiti, but now what do we need? What's lacking? Uh, like in the schools, they have computer labs, but no energy. Mm. So they can't teach computer. They have they have they teach science in theory, but no practical lessons. Right. And a lot of my a lot of my students, former students that had taken leadership roles, had decided the environment and creative, you know, mixed with science and arts would be a, a really great place to go. And we kind of naturally slid into STEAM education mm -hmm. of science, technology, engineering, arts, oh. math right and did our first photo and environment class mm -hmm. where the kids actually got to test mm -hmm. the the water so we've we've advanced and developed and we really look at what what the local economy needs mm -hmm. not just the local economy but education critical thinking you know how to be an intelligent mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. and i'm really lucky to have a very an amazing community of young people mm -hmm who think it is cool to be really intelligent. So <laughs> that is really cool. And so they take a lot of leadership in the, in the, in the organization. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to uh, fine tune something here because I didn't know until like probably last week because I'm ignorant and I'm 
privileged that I didn't even realize and I'm terrible at geography. I didn't realize that Jack Mill was such a big city. Mm-hmm. So uh, what makes it an interesting place as opposed to the rest of Haiti? Why do you live there? Well, I came for, for a music festival. Yeah. That was amazing. Uh, the first night on, 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 uh, that I arrived in Haiti, all the musicians in this Swedish band, Simbi, had arrived at about two o'clock in the morning mm. and we're all at the bar, right? And we hear this sound and we're all in an old coffee production district, coffee factories. And, we, and so we will run out into the street to see what this noise was. And it was Simbi marching down the, band, uh, the street mm. at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm like playing this beautiful music. And I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I love Jack Mel. This is, if this can happen, uh, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm down. But also that can happen because it is the arts and cultural capital. But Haiti was right. founded in 1687. Mm. And the Spanish were there earlier than that. And then the Taino Indians were there earlier than that. Mm. Jacques Mel is actually Yaka Mel in Taino. Mm. So it's a, it has a really deep history. Um, revolutions were built in this space, you know. Um, well, I, I heard something ironic you said earlier, we were just chatting before, um, before we started this podcast, was I know you have issues with power. And yet, wasn't Jacques Mel one of the first places? It was the first city in the Caribbean to, to have get, city power. Yeah. 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 Which is very ironic since you are challenged. You mentioned that the kids didn't even have, they have computers, but they didn't have any power to use the computers. So the company uh, EDH gives, gives power probably for four or five hours in the evening. So it's after school time. So the mm-hmm. schools don't have power during the day while the students are in session. Mm-hmm. They have it at night. Some of them may have batteries to charge up, but you know, with over a thousand students, it's you can't live off of that. Okay. So we had a solo project. So your campus has a thousand students? No, no, no. Uh, through our rental buildings, we had a hundred. We had about hundred and twenty-eight students, and I would say forty of what I would call members or yeah. community members. They're former students. That they, they they come every day. They hang out. They, they do projects together, they study for university, but they may not necessarily be taking that class. Right. So it's a very community-based or supportive space, environment yeah. for studying. Absolutely. Right. So you are, you're also supporting resources for students, which is what you did at the college downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've continued that role in Tahiti. What is the campus that you're involved with now? So for four years, we've been looking and negotiating for different and fundraising. Um, for a piece of land where we could build mm. a school, uh, something that has more classrooms, more dedicated facilities. For example, in our, in our previous rental, we would have to, to, to carry our computers around the block <laughs> okay. to get to our room on the front okay. street, and we had a building in the back. They weren't set, they weren't connected. Right. And so here's here's you know valuable equipment walking through the street. Mm-hmm. It's not safe. So um why isn't it safe? I mean, would you walk down the street of Chicago with your MacBook Pro no. in your no, hand? No, I would. No, I would. Thank you. Or would you put that in your bag? Yeah, I would put it in my bag. Now, if you had 11 of them to carry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a sitting duck. 
Right. Yeah. And you want to you want to secure space for that so you don't have to move those right. out in public. Yeah. So uh, a space does that. We have a lot of ambition. Okay. <laughs> a lot of ambition. We do a Good. lot of things, and our ambitions are to get bigger. And we can't put advanced classes in any of our programming mm-hmm. because we don't have the specific space to do that. Yeah. With our new campus, we made a partnership with the local organization, Union of Black Racket Development for Development. So they specifically deal with development for the neighborhood that we're in. Mm-hmm. And they've given us 50% ownership of their land. Wow. And we put two of their students on scholarship in every single class that we have. Okay you know, and we share a space so that they have a space to do their work. And so that has allowed us to build, um, design and build a campus and three different buildings, a classroom building, a performance center with a library and a community meeting room, and then a office core with our administrative office, school store, and tool checkout. Mm -hmm. And lots of fashion studio art studio, computer lab, trade skills, and a performance center. And a recording that's studio. A, and a recording yeah, studio. Said, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And we have all that equipment already. But it's it, it's and not in any safe building yet to No, it's, to it, no, it's all, no, I'm not going to say where it's at right now. We are not gonna, <laughs> we're not going to say where it is but right now. But it's not in a building we are. Um, we gave up our rental to focus on, on construction, and we just... We laid the foundation and the floor of the first building this this past week. So this next week, we're going to start working on right, the walls, right. the structural walls yeah. of our first floor. Yeah. Eugene, one thing that kind of disturbed me, really hit me, was when I was looking at the, the website, as it has to be private. Because if anyone knows that the school was getting grants or the stu- students were experiencing some benefits, it could be a target for kidnapping. Oh, my. I know. So, you know, I think we're so lucky we have our schools here and we're not all, we're not particularly thinking about our our families getting kidnapped, you know? Yeah. No, that's a whole different level of of school issues. It's humbling. Yeah, it's very humbling. We are afraid of school shootings, but not kidnapping per se. I mean, maybe, maybe some of those New York schools. Um, Yeah. So this isn't, this isn't funded at all by the government. This is funded. We have, we try to have, Sorry, not we try. We try not to have any relationship with the government in Haiti, <laughs> but um, not be real. We don't. We don't. We don't ask for it. When they see what we do and they want to be a part of it, they can be a part of it. Mm-hmm. We let the Ministry of Education know that we're there and what we're doing. We've let the mayor's office know that we're there and what we're doing. We're organized as a Haitian organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, non-lucrative so it gives us like really the structure to like just grow uh, as a as a continuing education that doesn't have to follow a structure Mm. so you're very grassroots really we might call it here in america but the way they teach in haiti is not the greatest which is kind of where we jump from arts and so naturally from arts into education because what Haiti lacks in his education is critical thinking. Okay. And first we're coming out of the culture of Jacques Mel, which is arts, mm-hmm. right? And then we, we match that up with the education of environment, of even just like straight up dance, performance, theater, 
We're, we're thinking about ideas. We're thinking about how we want to say those things to other people. We're making decisions on what we say. Mm-hmm. And, and so that we can have the clearest mm-hmm. idea come across as possible. That's what art does. And then it's this whole problem solving process to that too. So you get a really great critical thinker who's going to excel in any part of their life because everybody else is taught on rote memorization. Okay. And oh, you told me to you told me to do one thing, I do that. Right. Right. And I'm that's on, very common. I'm waiting for you to tell me to do another thing. Yeah. Because that's how I was taught. You tell me it, I say it. I get A. Right. You know, and memorize right and spit it back out they'll, they'll, they'll when when there's a part of of the city that has has electricity and the street lights are on they'll all flock the students will flock to that street light wow and walk in circles underneath it and they turn the 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 memorization into songs so it's wow. really beautiful to see because there are all these like just students like singing answers to themselves mm-hmm under the soul street light right and you have like 20 of them and your campus and its programming is all student inspired they tell you what they want absolutely i have never forced any kind of curriculum mm-hmm. on on the school mm-hmm. if i find opportunities for certain things then i'll, I'll ask them what they think of it mm-hmm. if it's a big program and somebody is like like sewing for instance was built by a former student worker from the School of the Art Institute. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> and, and so for her to do that, I said, I would really like you to come down and talk to my students mm-hmm. first. So come mm-hmm. down for a week, mm-hmm. get to know Jack Mal, get to know the community, insert yourself into the community, make friends, and, and see what they need and how they need it and have those conversations and then build a program. And that's one of our most successful classes and mm. run by run by local teachers now. Mm. We don't need internationals for that. And how are you powering sewing machines? All solar. We're All off solar. grid. Yeah. yeah. We're off grid completely. Can you tell me about your solar program? Um, so we do not only do we do arts, mm-hmm. we we do trade skills as well. And we have electrical installation, plumbing, tiling, and we had uh, the opportunity to receive uh, 1,050 solar panels from Energie Sans Frontières in France. Mm -hmm. And so we said yes, of course, (laughs) and struggled for two years to get the funding. And a full year of that was fighting with customs in Haiti because somebody was trying to steal our container. Mm -hmm. And in the end, we just finished that project two months ago. Oh, God, good. Congratulations. Thank you very much. (laughs) And we distributed 61,000 kilowatts to the community and a lot of schools. Mm -hmm. I have no idea of kilowatts. Is that a lot of power? Uh, That is... Yeah, that's a lot of power. That's 1,000 kilowatts to uh, 1,000 watts to every kilowatt. So add three zeros on the end. Okay. And that's how many watts we gave away. Wow. 
and and we and and that's not all the watts we had. Right, right. We're 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 saving 150 solar panels for, for ourselves. Your school, yeah. Because, yeah. like I said, we're big dreamers. Yeah, we want a solar right. academy. Yeah. Because the boss, are, sorry, the boss trade skill workers, they don't they don't know how to do solar. They may know how to do electricity, but not solar. Right. And so and you different. also tell us that it's very, I thought this was really endearing. If you're in plumbing or trades, it's called boss. Yeah, you're a boss worker. Isn't that cool? Mm. <laughs> That's the nickname. Instead of trade, you say boss. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, you know, we've had lockdown. We've had quarantine. How does that compare to when you have lockdown? Because are you laughing at us? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to offend anybody, but oh, everybody do. over there thinks you guys are weak. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, weak. I'm weak. We, we just went five weeks with no no gas, and you have to prepare. Where are you going to get your water from if the water truck's not delivering drinkable water? Uh, I have no answer. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I didn't before, but now I have clay filters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a clay filter. A clay filter. There's there's it, it sits it sits in in a five gallon bucket mm -hmm. that has a spigot on it and it's a thick brown reddish filter mm -hmm. i don't know there, mm -hmm. there's a whole chemistry to it and you pour in whatever water river water like i have city right. water so i put it through there and it filters the water and i can drink it mm. Do people in your town realize that we're obsessed when we got quarantined? Everybody became obsessed with ordering food from cars that go to restaurants and bring it to us. No, I don't think they even realize that. Mm. That wouldn't be in there. Right. Right. Unless you unless you have family. Right. right. I mean, a lot of people have family, but like if I. Like I try to share things that are happening in America and people just look at me like this is the weirdest shit ever. <laughs> um what are you what are you saying to me yeah yeah what uh, and so what else does lockdown look like for you because we had to stay home we couldn't go to museums we couldn't go to movie theaters we couldn't go to restaurants we had to stay in our house so when we have lockdown and one one year we'll go through lockdown usually for jock mel the rest of the country can go crazy mm -hmm. it does whatever jock mel's safer and more calm and more respectful. And um, when we have lockdown, maybe they'll do four, four or five days. If it's really intense, they'll do six days and they give you one day of reprieve and to go out and get your supplies. Okay. But I can't leave my, my block. Oh, there's They'll be burning tires. They fell <laughs> trees. They put little um, lotto gambling stands in the middle of the road. Sorry, who's they? People, the population. And the lockdown is motivated by what? Is it from COVID or this, is it from? No, this, no. Last, this last time we did lockdown, we had, it was because of gas prices, because the gangs that were blocking the gas from coming out of Port-au-Prince and arriving in our town. Mm -hmm. So we had no gas. So the transportation sector mm -hmm. union mm -hmm. asked the whole country to lock down. So the population locked down. Okay. So uh, unlike here where there's really big divisions, mm -hmm. there may be big divisions in politics there, but with the people, the people are pretty on the same page with one another. All right. So they're like protests, your lockdowns. They're, they're, yep, they protest, they manifestations, they do have like processions with, okay. with signs and things like that sometimes. 
most of the time they burn tires and block the road. All right. Um, and sometimes <laughs> wow. they dig the road out. They'll oh dig a God. trench in the road. You never, you never know. Sometimes you can't pass with cars. Sometimes you can't pass with car and motorcycle. Yeah. But you can walk by. Sometimes you can't pass. It'd be pretty hard to get Uber Eats in that situation. Yeah, you got yeah. you got to live there for a long time to know which boundaries you have with these with these um, roadblocks. Right. Because you don't want to so, cross something, and they don't want you to cross. Yeah. Are you hopeful? Huh? Are you hopeful for Haiti? Um, I'm not really. Here I go in. I am just. I am really all about Jacmel, Haiti. Cool. That's a really big problem. I don't think what we're seeing right now is over. And I think it's probably going to get worse mm. and whatever. But I'm in Jacmel, so whatever. And the rest of Haiti can go crazy. I'm, I'm worried about Jacmel. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I, you know, I'm worried about my students and I, I see hope in drop mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I see hope in my students mm-hmm. for sure. They're, they're badass. My students are badass. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you one thing I thought of with like the, the ordering food and stuff is that we went through such a weird, um, transition here where everyone went out and bought every food ever and started making bread and their own pasta and like we might have to survive and then realize that that all these restaurants and people whose livelihood it was to have these restaurants didn't have any money and so then it became part of the community survival to start ordering out food to keep these That's restaurants on That is right, to, to try to going. support the businesses. You know, so we, you know, Megan and I started eating yes. at restaurants in, in our neighborhood that we never <laughs> ate at before, just, just to keep them going. That's true. Um, and so, you know, it, it's not, it's not just like, oh, you know, we got to hide Fungy, and we got yeah. things just delivered. It right. really, there really was a community sentiment. Um, so how do, how do people in Jacmel help each other during these lockdowns where you don't have gas, like so, with your older residents or. So I think, well, um, how do you support? We're talking about things? like our lockdowns are politically motivated. Right. Your lockdowns are pandemic motivated. Right. And so I think we got to return for a second and look at how COVID affected Haiti. Mm, good point. And, and I'm an artist. I'm not, you know, a researcher, I don't, whatever. Research isn't being done on what's happening in Haiti mm-hmm. for COVID. But I'm going to tell you the, the, the number of, and, and it's been stated in news articles, the number of deaths in Haiti is percentagely much lower. It's more like the flu. Mm-hmm. So we're not having overwhelmed, even though we have a fragile hospital system, we're not being overwhelmed in the hospitals. We don't have a ton of people on, on respirators or in critical situations. None of that's those people are coming through, mm-hmm. but they're not overwhelming the system. It's mm-hmm. not, it's mm-hmm. not huge. So wh- so why do you think that hit, is? When we hit lockdown for COVID, mm-hmm. um, we shut down the school because yeah. Ministry of Education said shut down all schools. Right. So we shut down, but what we did was say, okay, you guys have skills. Let's go. Mm-hmm. 
You know, how do we how do we take our skills, use them in reality and and to benefit our community? Mm-hmm. And so like our philosophy club made a hand washing video mm-hmm. so that them and all their friends like could could share that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, the sewing students came in and made over 2000 masks. Mm-hmm. But we like gave a, 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 a two week period of nothing. Yeah. And then we organized health brigades okay. and we ended up with 18 health brigades and that went, that were trained by an, a Haitian, a Jacques Melian, Haitian uh, infectious disease specialist mm-hmm. and learned how washing, like right, sanitary right, issues, right. right. How to, how to see the signs. And they went into their communities and we gave them soap, right. hand washing stations that could right. be put in public. I think every brigade got three or four hand washing stations, mm-hmm. uh, Clorox for the water. But well, also we've dealt, dealt with cholera and different things right. like that. So there's a little bit of training in there too. Why do you think that um, the, there hasn't been an overwhelming um, need for ventilators and hospitalization? Like I said, that's the part where you I'm, don't I'm not okay. a researcher. Yeah. There's a lot of theories around COVID in general, okay. and uh, you know, and there's a lot that could be right and could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And without any research in Haiti, yeah, uh, on what's actually happening, Gesco is doing something, but I don't think it's big. Um, we're not going to know. Right. What they said about South Africa, which I read, was I think Soweto was having the same sort of uh, experience with COVID. And people are speculating that because malaria, yellow fever, dengue, all these um, chikungunya, Zika, have all passed Haiti, and some pass them seasonally. People have had these things and may have a better immune system Mm. because they've had to deal with with these different different things. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So your campus student inspired, student run, almost like student curated and um i want to ask some of our listeners if they will consider donating some money um you've raised a lot of money to keep these things you're building one of the first buildings you've got a foundation laid you've got security wall built pretty much and um i've got some addresses here in my notes oh yeah i forgot about flipping it i'm backwards thank you i'm just Mm -hmm. i'm just messing with my papers here don't mind me and um, I'm going to say some things on here um, uh, about uh, how much they've got a compound security wall. They still need classroom buildings so that their computers and their equipment are safe and secure, just like any school. And um, if you want to donate some money, um, there will be a GoFundMe page by one of her um, supporters. supporters. But right now there's a, a foundation for Jack Mel. Expressions, and of course, I can't find the uh, donation page. We're looking. We're looking. I want to get a specific, and I will share it on our Facebook page, so you can donate and Google Jack Bell J A C M E L J A K M E L Community Empowerment Foundation or JSF. Okay, great. And you can mail it to eleven forty eight North Avenue, Batfia, Illinois six zero five. One zero, you can send a check or you can make a Zelle donation at jcef.haiti at gmail.com. And you can contact the center at jecenterhaiti at gmail.com. 
and I'll definitely share all that on our Facebook page. So I'll just say saying? really quick and yeah, easy yeah, yeah. for people to do yeah, is yeah. Go, go to jecenter.org. Okay. And, and check us out and yeah. see more about our programming. Yeah. I mean, we got robot. I didn't even go into it. We got robotics. We got all sorts of really cool yeah. stuff that yeah. we haven't even been able to yeah. talk about. And we want uh, we want Haiti artists to be able to, and Jackville artists to be able to share with us their their artwork and their trades. And, um, you know, this is how we learn. Yeah. And the humbling of, like, our art students compared to their, and these guys are working really hard. Yeah. Eugene, what do you think? kind of cool right it's very cool yeah it's 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 very cool it the the order of magnitude of problems that you have to deal with there are really overwhelming for me i don't know how to get my brain um around it from how we live here to how people are trying to live there um so I think you're doing really good work and I think it's it's great to have an opportunity to tell people about it. Great. I'm just going to say on the on the mental health side it is a lot but I have therapy goats. <laughs> so All right. Yeah, totally. I just suggest therapy goats. It's it's great for um dog anxiety, separation anxiety as well. Get him yeah. a goat. Yep, get them a goat. Get them a goat. Two, I two love goats. it. Two goats. That could be a whole I, lot I understand they're good at they're good for cutting lawns too. <laughs> yeah they are they eat your backyard right uh they eat my, no that's why i have them they can take down my yard in two and a half weeks wow. and they love snacking on a pomegranate tree <laughs> well really who doesn't yeah a For pomegranate real. tree yep. i've never seen yeah. one I got two uh, of are, them. Are, oh wow are your students going to be part of building like are they going to help do the plumbing in the building I'm going to have to say no on that one, oh. <laughs> um, just because there's just uh, a lot of a lot of cultural baggage that comes with being an NGO in Haiti. Mm. And I also, as a as a leader, I choose the people who are leading different projects underneath me. Mm-hmm. And I let them choose their team. Oh, I don't idea. I don't interfere when somebody's choosing an employee that they're going to be directly in line with. I don't interfere. I say, mm-hmm. that's your team. Mm-hmm. You go, you choose them, you work with them, you manage them. Mm-hmm. And then we have conversations about it. And that's the way I lead. Mm-hmm. So good. I wish you all the best of luck at getting that going. I can't wait to hear about it. And I hope you are up and running by March. She wants to get, you want to get some of those buildings open by March. Yeah, we don't want a pretty building, but we need about $15,000 right. yeah. to get a usable building with electrical and plumbing and everything. Yeah. And then we'll be able to start classes again. And as soon as we can get that and have a secure building with electrical, mm-hmm. we are running classes. And that's not that much money. People can help. Yep. All right. Thanks so much, Susan and Michelle, for being here. It was really wonderful chatting with you guys today. And great to meet you. Definitely. Thank you very much to our guests. And I just wanted to say that you can um, you can visit jecenter.org. Uh, to find out uh, more about the school um, and to make a donation. Great. Thank you very much. We'll share that information on our Facebook page too. Um, Yeah, that was pretty interesting. So I guess I'm going to talk to you next week. I have lots of reading to do, Eugene. I'm still reading The Dawn of Everything. 
Well, I'm going to be still reading that one until the <laughs> dawn of the twilight of everything. I know. It's, and I, it's um, we should post a picture of the uh, of the book. And I'll put the, the scale. Book is about four inches thick. It's just yeah. ridiculous. I'll, I'll find a way to post the scale of that. And ironically, I'm also got another book that I'm pretty excited about. I mean, it's a dream book. It's about by a poet and a Renaissance scholar, and it's called Gallery of Clouds. And she's writing about um, pastoral. Um, things like pastoral used to be the biggest hit of the world. It'd be like um, action films or whatever in the, in the old days, like sublime paintings. It was thought that you went into nature, right? And um, in the Renaissance, they had this tradition of pastoral writing. So she's going to start some poetry. And it's a book about reading. <laughs> I'm going to read right. a book about reading. <laughs> well, I'm ready for another novel, you know. And so I wanted to ask our listeners what should I read next? Oh, I love it. And if our listeners send in um, recommendations for novels, um, I will pick three of them and read three, three listener suggestions. Wow, you are ambitious. I love it. I am. I may regret that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, is, do you want them? Do you want to lay a, a gauntlet down or is there anything you demand about those recommendations? I have no demands. Good I have no you. demands at all. I you. just, uh, I'm, you know, <laughs> like, you know, with this book, with, uh, with the Thomas King book, uh, I stumbled upon it. Oh, I was did? looking for something to read and oh. just looking at lists of books that came out in the last oh. year and, um, it's not Thomas King. I've heard the name of that mm. author. I didn't really know anything about mm. him, but I recognized names of his books. And I thought, well, geez, I haven't, I can't think of the last book I've read by a First Nations author. So let's and correct Canadian. That now. Yeah, yeah let's correct Good. that right now. Fantastic. So, um, you know, I, I come across books in all sorts of different ways mm -hmm. uh, that I read. I mean, sometimes it's as silly as I like the cover. Yeah. Or, there's something about it. I pick it up. I like the way it feels in my hands. Mm -hmm. It's stupid, right? But um, you, there's something that attracts us to certain books that grab, we gravitate towards. And um, sometimes I take recommendations. Sometimes yeah. I hate taking recommendations um, <laughs> because, you know, I prefer to just know everything without any input. Right. But, uh, right. but that does that sometimes fails me. Uh, not having that particular superpower. So, um, so yeah, looking for uh, novel recommendations, uh, send them in to the agency.podcast at, um, at uh, gmail.com or put them uh, as a comment on in the agency podcast group on Facebook. Excellent. And um, I'll post a picture of gallery of clouds with the dawn of everything just for a good size uh, rendition next to my coffee cup or something. Um, and it's by Rachel Eisendreth and it, and it has a, a look and feel that I find very attractive. You can see the cover there. I'm going to show you the cover, Eugene. Okay. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah, isn't that pretty? And it's yeah. tiny. Here's my hand. It's like a tiny book, 135 pages, and it's maybe a five by seven size design. So um, next to the dawn of everything, which is weighs about 10 pounds. <laughs> All right. The funny thing about, you know, the dawn of everything. I've just read little bits of it, yeah. but it seems quite readable. I think it's very readable as well. I, I quite enjoy them and um, it's got a good pace and it keeps it lively. They're good. They're good at talking about things. They're it seems gonna... very conversational and it yes. seems like they were trying to have fun with their conversation. I think so. Even though they were quite serious about them. I think so. Did I ever tell you that the first time I, I ever did an internet online board it was at coach house press and our friend you know pete and who used to work at the particle accelerator in vancouver he said get on there and get electronic mail and i didn't know what the hell he was talking about 
And um, so I figured it out somehow. And I, he said, go read the Harvard Paleontology Board. It was a web board at the time, and it was just black and white. And it was a riot to read the insults going back and forth between these paleontologists. About a lot of those old theories. news groups, they were really vicious, weren't they? They were so vicious. Well, same as the Cormac McCarthy Forum had its moments. Well, um, I'll, I'll tell you, I used to post to a, a news group that was a fly fishing news group. <laughs> and there was a guy there, uh-huh. and I remember him very, very well. His name was George Gerke. And oh, well, um, the really reason why I'll guy. never forget his name <laughs> is because there's a fly fishing product that he invented. Oh, and it's it's like a paste um, which you apply to a fly to help it float. Mm, okay, and he calls it he called it Gerke's Gink. <laughs> That's and then awesome. He came, he came up with another product which you applied to flies to make them sink, and he called that one Gerke's Zinc. Oh, wow. Well, when I showed up on the news group, I really kind of liked this guy. He was sort of a news group provocateur. Oh, yeah. He knew how to press the buttons of everybody in the news group. And he had people, they would just put the most scathing posts about (laughs) this guy. And he was having the best little time about it. But I kind of liked him. Yeah. And so we started a correspondence. And I was tying a lot of trout flies at the time. So I sent him a bunch of trout flies mm. just because I thought he might like them. Oh, you know? that's so and sweet. So I, and what do I get in the mail a month later? But I get, he was in the business of making factory made split cane fly rods. And he gave me one of his split cane <gasps> fly rods. Wow. And, uh, and so I said like, George, I can't accept this. This is crazy. You uh-huh. can't you can't send me a fly rod. And uh-huh. he said, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy it. And so I enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. I uh, think those web boards need the provocateurs. And um, I might say that some of the people in this room were sometimes found themselves in the role of being a provocateur. Some of the people in this room. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got I got banned from a web board one time. I mean, I didn't Ooh. yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve will tell us about it in my documentary. He mentions it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so our link, you're just going to leave our listeners hanging. That's right. Well, you know, I don't. Do there's not much to say. I just would get. Um, sometimes they would say very annoying. You could say what board it was you got banned from. Um, oh yeah, constantreader.com. Uh, they are on Goodreads now. Okay. So go infiltrate them and drive them crazy for me because they blocked me. I can't go on there. I, I that was like ten years ago. But I did have a number of great friends on there who also abandoned the site. And our our email friend from Andy was one of them. Um, I had met him on that site, as a matter of fact. Ah. And then, um, you know, I mean, I guess my opinions, and I would just get, I would just get fed up. That you know, they were kind of grammar police. They're always correcting tones and they would post <laughs> pictures of um, church signs that were spelt wrong. And I just uh, thought that was so rude, you know, like, okay, whatever. And um, I guess I just went too annoyingly far one day and uh, that was the end of that. <laughs> I could that, actually see you if you were getting annoyed with them going extra annoyingly oh God, far. Yeah. And I do, t- I, I, I'm a kinder, gentler self now. I don't, I don't do that so crazy anymore. And sure. then I, then someone asked me to be the monitor of the Shakespeare's fans from that same group that abandoned constant readers. So, you know, really I got an email from somebody and they, they said the, the Shakespeare discussion had changed their lives in lots of ways. 
Wow. To, for the better, to feel so engaged in Shakespeare, you know, in a way that you didn't know you could be by reading the plays. So that's kind of fun. That's fantastic. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was, a community that, that you get to meet that way. Very much right, from so. everywhere. Yeah, we're pretty, we're down to the Macbeth discussion that we're doing right now is down to about four of us. But what can you do? You know, you win some, you lose some. And they go in cycles too. They do. And about 10 years ago, we had maybe 15 people. So it just comes in cycles. So are you looking for people to join your group? Should oh, we tell our listeners about Yeah, it? go to Goodreads and Shakespeare's fans. And I'm the moderator, so I'm not a provocateur anymore. I have to, I have to, you know, balance you, the... You, uh, you've hung up your your wild years. <laughs> yes, and I get the email where people are going. That guy said this and may hurt my feelings. And I email the person, go, hey, just tone it down a little bit or whatever, you know. Try to keep it back on track. But that you must need be very a little because there's always, you know, every every group that has anything to do with the internet. Hmm. Eventually, some troll finds it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What you really want to do, though, is you do need people to disagree. It, we learn. Yes, you know, you there's a reason disagree, why. There's, but you don't need shit hooks. No, most of the time, it, no one's name calling or anything like that. Um, that that that's not what's happening. It's really just gets you know some people are annoying and some people are telling people don't post this idea, don't post that idea. You have to come on and go look. Everything's free form. You can do what you want there here as long as you don't name call. Right. <laughs> and you name call behind your back <laughs> at home in the privacy of your own angry living room. <laughs> and also, sometimes we get together and talk about the person that's driving us crazy behind their back. <laughs> and it's fair game. It's good to know that's happening. Good to know that's happening. It's fair game. And um, no, we have a lot of fun on the Shakespeare thing. And, and maybe in new visitors, we'd love to have anybody join and help start our, our discussions up again. You know, we've been on that about 12 years. We've read a lot of the plays and maybe it's just, you know, maybe you can only do it for so long. I don't know. We need new blood. We definitely need new blood. <laughs> okay. um, I wanted to, uh, to mention to, to our listeners that we've had a look at our, our calendars and it looks like oh. we're going to be able to publish the agency uninterrupted right through the holidays on our usual schedule Right. If uh, if once or twice um, we show up a day late, please have patience with us um, because, well, it's a busy time of the year and uh, and we have to get us both um, together at the same time. But uh, right. but we're going to do our best to uh, continue to publish right through the holidays. And uh, we really appreciate the fact that you folks keep coming back to listen. And as Candy has mentioned, we're getting near 10,000 downloads. Yeah. So download like crazy. And also, you know what would really help our podcast? A nice long email. <laughs> Tell us all your, all your ideas, all your thoughts. Just, you know, we're here for you. We'll listen and we'll read it out on the podcast. As, as, Candy, as Candy's thinking about putting a whole podcast around somebody's email. Some poor guy's <laughs> email saying, uh, hi, I, I like the podcast, but I just wanted to ask you about what, Candy said last week and um and then we'll make a whole podcast about that that's right anything goes you know even a short email don't don't feel any pressure <laughs> but long emails are better just tell us you're listening and downloading help us hit ten thousand downloads we one appreciate per, one it. of and the people uh, in this podcast would be very happy especially at least, at least one of us one of us would be happy. Someday, you know, we deserve to be happy. Every now and then, we should be happy. That's right. Okay, I guess I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> we'll be back at you next week. All right, bye.